Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. You are welcome here no matter what faith tradition you relate to, or if you are on your own faith journey of discovery. I invite you to embark with me through the words of Scripture in search of truth and meaning. God treasures each one of us as a sacred creation and knows us intimately. Sometimes we lose touch with that precious self within that God loves personally. Today, let's take a journey inward to see if we can recover that core. Doing so will help us reorient our lives with a sense of purpose and hope. We begin with a reading from the prophet Jeremiah, in which the Lord speaks to him. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. And a reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. We have this treasure in clay jars, so that it be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying the body in the body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. I distinctly remember the moment when I looked into the mirror one morning as I prepared to shave and said out loud, Oh my gosh, who is that old man? My wife, who was putting on her makeup, looked at me like I was nuts. That was at least ten years ago, and the face greeting me in the mirror that morning hasn't gotten any younger looking. This aging face was so shocking because, despite some new aches and pains that I wake up with every morning, I feel like the same person inside that I was 10, 20, 30 years ago. In fact, when I stop to ponder it, I feel the same as I did the first time I looked in a mirror as a child and awakened to the fact that I was a unique human being distinct from those people around me. The packaging has deteriorated, but its contents seem to remain the same. There is something timeless and unchanging within me or rather, there is something timeless and unchanging that is me. This is true for all of us. That youthful inner me looking in the mirror and seeing the reflection of the deteriorating outer me is what Paul called a treasure in clay jars. Like Jeremiah reminded us in the verse I just read, God knew that inner me before I was formed in my mother's womb. It is this treasure inside that remains unchanged no matter what hardships and abuses my outer clay vessel sustains. Aging and death are at work constantly on our mortal bodies, but life is at work in us eternally. 
The problem is that the deteriorating clay jar with its cracks and pockmarks is what we see when we look in the mirror and what others see when they look at us is if they don't bother to look deeper and get to know our real selves. We eventually come mistakenly to believe that this crude clay jar is us. The question is, how do we get back in touch with and recover what's inside? Now, I once visited Bangkok, Thailand with a friend, and we hired a driver with a three-wheeled motorbike called a tuk-tuk to show us the sights. The price was right, and we had to endure a visit to his cousin's tailor shop before we could convince him to get on with the tour. Our first stop on that tour was worth enduring his cousin's sales spiel. We visited Wat Trimit, the temple that houses a 5.5-ton statue of a seated golden Buddha. The sheer magnitude of the Buddha is amazing in itself, but the story of its origins is more so. Many centuries ago, a Thai monastery housed an immense and beautiful golden statue of Buddha. After news of an impending invasion by the Burmese army, the monks sought to protect the statue from thievery and destruction. The Burmese were known for melting down golden statues and carrying it off as plunder. So the monks covered the golden Buddha with 8 to 12 inches of plaster clay, hoping the warriors would have no desire to steal a seemingly worthless sculpture. The monks' noble efforts to protect the statue worked, but all of them were slaughtered in the raid, leaving the secret of the golden Buddha to remain hidden for centuries. Now here's the story of the rediscovery of the Golden Buddha. In 1957, the monastery was relocating to make room for the construction of a new road. Its monks arranged for a crane to transport their clay Buddha. When the crane began to lift the statue, however, it was much heavier than anticipated, and it began to crack. And during this process, and with the help of a little chiseling, the monks came to realize the layers of old hardened clay were hiding a spectacular golden statue. The body of the statue is 40% pure. The volume from chin to forehead is 80% pure. And the hair and top knot, weighing 45 kilograms, are 99% pure gold. The value of the gold itself today is upwards of a quarter of a billion dollars. But historically and religiously, it's priceless. The statue now resides in the Temple of the Golden Buddha in Bangkok, Thailand, which we visited. And every year, millions of people visit this magnificent work and even worship at its feet. The Golden Buddha prevents, presents us with an almost perfect analogy for our own inner and outer being, our mortal and immortal selves. Although God originally formed Adam and Eve from clay, he breathed life into them, and they possessed an eternal soul made in God's image. And even though Adam and Eve sinned and God reminded them of their earthly comp earthy composition, we believe that God has redeemed us and sanctified us so that once again 
we possess an eternal soul, a golden treasure encased in clay. Almost every day online, my Facebook friends post pictures, picture after picture, of their infant children and grandchildren. In response, they receive floods of likes, floating little heart emojis, and gushing words of praise for these little angels. And most of them admittedly do look like little angels. At that point in their lives, they're innocent and totally dependent. Other than their selfish quest for food and bodily comfort, which they exact from their caregivers with guilt-inducing cries, they haven't had the chance to do any real harm to anybody else. They've committed no sins. They haven't learned just how cold and cruel the world their parents brought them into can be. Some of these chubby babies even look like little Buddhas. Then life happens. Just as these precious children shed their baby fat, life teaches them that they'll have to add layers of armor to protect themselves from the destructive forces to which they will be subjected in life. They learn that the world is a hostile place. And layer after protective layer, these children will spend their lives hiding their treasure from the world, that innocent treasure that their parents once displayed on Facebook to the light, delight and praise of their friends. Eventually, they forget that golden treasure that lies beneath, and they mistakenly come to believe that they are made only of clay. So here I am. So here you are. Standing in front of the mirror, like those monks in Thailand, who assume that the Buddha resting in their temple was made only of common clay. We see only our aging faces and sagging bodies. So I challenge you to stop and consider for a moment what it was in your life that caused you to layer on the clay, which has hardened into gray plaster and hides you from the world, and yes, even hides you from yourself. Much of our sense of need to cover up our treasure is self-imposed. We don't recognize or are not satisfied with our intrinsic worth. Even the gold isn't good enough, so we try to mold a better and more prestigious self that the world will honor and adore and respect. We spend countless hours on our physical appearance to become more beautiful or athletic. We plaster layers of cosmetics on our faces, toil in the gym to build muscles, bake ourselves in tanning booths, and go on punishing diets to meet self-imposed standards of what we think the ideal human looks like. As we age, the quest for beauty, feminine or masculine, grows increasingly hard. We have to trowel on the clay thicker and thicker. Cosmetic surgeons are called in to help, injecting our heads with Botox, various body parts with silicon, and removing unwanted fat by liposuction or freezing technologies. We whiten and straighten our teeth at great cost. And when exercise and nutritional supplements fail to maintain muscle mass, 
men resort to taking dangerous and eventually detrimental hormones. The struggle for an eternally young-looking body inevitably fails. Other people can also be complicit in our cover-up attempts. Our parents and other influential people in our lives, as well-meaning as they may be, may also encourage us to hide our true selves. I think as parents we get distracted and deluded by the attention those adorable Facebook posts bring. In our attempts to encourage our children to be the best that they can be, we can neglect to send them the message that they are priceless just the way they are. Abetted by coaches, teachers, and other successful people, we push our children to be the best athlete, the highest achieving students, get entry into the most prestigious schools, so that ultimately they will get the best jobs, make the most money, wield the most power. They may end up thinking that their position as a successful business person, a high-powered lawyer or a professional athlete, is what gives them their value. In reality, these are just roles that they are playing. Those identities are just a plaster veneer hiding their true treasure within. While this treasure remains hidden, they may be robbed of experiencing their authentic self. We also may add to our clay disguise to protect ourselves from hardships that come our way. When someone we love dies, the pain can be almost unbearable. To make it through the pain, we may put on the facade of denial, showing the world that we're tough and strong and can take it. That inner golden self feels too vulnerable and we don't want it to be damaged. The same thing happens when we get sick. We think that we can put on a protective cloak that will get us through. We refuse to seek help and open ourselves to the loving kindness of other people. We let our diseased bodies define us without turning to the life that God preserves within us. One of the areas of life in which we are most likely to disguise our true selves is in our close relationships. I know people who have met their spouses on dating websites. They admit to naturally selecting the most flattering photoshopped image in themselves to post. In their descriptions, they inflate their accomplishments to make themselves look more desirable. Behind these deceptions is a lack of confidence in their core value. And through all of these developmental processes that I've been talking about, they have lost touch with the golden Buddha within. If this cover-up continues, their partner or their friends may never get to know that self. The great tragedy of encasing ourselves in clay is that we are robbing ourselves of the natural resilience that lies within. Gold is hard. When hard times come, we risk cracking and falling apart. As Paul said, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body of the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. 
You see, we can live our lives with confidence when we once again have access to that treasure within. We need not be afraid of anything to come. This clay jar may be destroyed, but that clay jar is not who we are. It's something we created. We are golden. We are indestructible. We are beautiful. Sometimes the things that crack us can turn out to be a blessing. Had the crane operator not cracked that Buddha statue in Thailand, its beauty would still be hidden from us. Leonard Cohen's song, Anthem, talks about how cracks can be blessings. He says, ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. There are lots of things that can crack the clay that encases us. My spouse has filed for divorce. Crack. The biopsy showed that the spot on my pan pancreas is cancer. Crack. My boss says that my job is being eliminated. Crack. My father died this morning. Crack. You know something? Don't immediately try to patch the plaster. Pick at it and see what lies beneath. The cracks are where the light gets in. And that light will reveal the gleaming gold beneath. That is the real you. It just occurred to me that there is a flip side to this revelation. The cracks are how the light gets in, but they are also how the light gets out. Jesus said, don't hide your lamp under a basket, but let it shine for the world to see. Maybe the cracks in my pasture, plaster, my flaws, my humanness, my wrinkled face and stooping body will allow others to see the true gold in me and then realize that there's gold within them. The cracks will allow your light to shine. Let's not hide our treasure. Let's share it. We don't need to travel to Thailand, ride a tuk-tuk, and get fitted for a cheap suit to view the Golden Buddha. Just really look in the mirror. Amen. Thank you for joining me. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. <laughs>